Praise God. Amen. Thank you again for all of your compliments, all of your uh, preaching of the Word of God. Thank you, ministry, for your confidence. It is always an honor to come to Madisonville. And as I've said it before in prior years, I would be here if I wasn't preaching. I enjoy coming. I respect Brother Tingle uh, very, very much, the good bishop. And I respect uh, Brother Taylor and Brother Avery very, very much. These are tremendous men. And uh, the men that come and fellowship in this meeting are of some of the finest that you could meet anywhere. And, uh, and so we enjoy it. And one thing I like about this place, uh, about coming, is not... And I know you can understand it because you're Kentuckians. You're Kentuckians. And uh, we're in Ohio, but we're only about a half mile from Kentucky. And I enjoy coming to preach in Kentucky because it's the only foreign country I have that I can come to without a passport. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I enjoy it. We have most of about half our people live in Kentucky. And uh, wonderful, wonderful people. I love preaching here. But uh, I, I, let me just say it to you this way. I love preaching and coming to this camp because it's not full of a bunch of highfalutin stuff. You go to some people, they, they have that little two-step shout down. They, don't, they can do that for 30 minutes, never break, a sh- never break a sweat, never lose a bobby pin, and never get their shirt tail out. I'm done with that. Let's have a move of God and forgetting about how cool we look. And just let the Holy Ghost take over. Praise God. And the Holy Ghost gets to moving these padded chairs just very, very quickly and very politely. Move them with carefulness off to the side. Praise God. And have yourself a Holy Ghost time. Because it is time for a move of God. Look over at your neighbor and say, it's time for a move of God. Amen. The book of Esther, if you will, please. The fourth chapter. Amen. Book of Esther. Book of Esther. In the Old Testament, last time I checked. Unless they've moved it. Still there. Still in the Old Testament. Praise the Lord. I want to begin reading out of the fourth chapter. And that's right after the third. From those of you that are from Missouri, praise God. All right. Praise God. And again, I'm just being, I'm just, I'm just having some fun right now. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I love everybody. I love everybody. Praise the Lord. Chapter four of the book of Esther. I want to begin reading with verse 13 and uh, read two verses of Scripture there and then I will allow you to be seated after we pray over the word of the Lord that God would help us to receive it. Chapter 4, verse 13. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, there, there, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time 
as this. And it ends with a question mark. So Mordecai, that Old Testament man that had the fortitude and is a great symbol of apostolic ministry for us today, is speaking to the bride and giving a message to her in a very dismal hour that was filled with great dilemma and great dismay. And he said, Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I want to talk to us a little while tonight on this subject. For such a time as this. For such a time as this. Would you lift your hands to the Lord, lift your voice to God, and would you ask God to give you a hungry heart and a thirsty ear to hear the good word of God tonight and feel the Spirit of God as God would write it upon the tablets of your soul. Let us pray it together right now in Jesus' name. Praise God. I ask your Lord Jesus to touch us tonight. I ask you, O oh God, to anoint this congregation and give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say. I ask you, O oh Lord Jesus, to give me the strength and the anointing to deliver the good Word of God that you have burned in my soul today. I ask you, O oh God, to bind every foul spirit that would hinder the Word of God tonight. I rebuke it and command it to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. And I ask you, O oh Lord Jesus, to loose the captive to heal the sick and to feel with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And to you we give glory and honor and praise for all things in Jesus' name. Let us worship the Lord now and magnify the name of Jesus together. Let Him know how much you love Him. Glory to God. I bless your holy name and I give you the praise for all things. God bless you. you. May be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Praise God. So we understand today, and I am not going back to rehearse some of the uh, uh, dilemmas that we are in today that we spoke about so heavily last night, but let me remind you that we are in the last of the last days. And whatever happens from this moment on, we are really not very sure of. We don't know what's going to happen to America. We do not know what is going to happen to the world at large, but we do know that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so if you want to be saved, stay in the church. If you want to be saved, stay behind your preacher. Hold his hands up. And make up in your mind that we cannot afford the luxury of one dead dry service. We are not going to let the preacher struggle for his words, but we are going to hunger and thirst for the Word of God. And we're going to make every service count. Praise God. Well, thank God for a tenth of you here tonight. A good tithe is a great start. Praise God. What happens to so many churches that are dying on the vine today is that they have made up in their mind, well, if we don't have good service tonight, then we'll just come back and we'll have it on Sunday or we'll have it on Sunday night. But what a lot of folks have ignorantly overlooked is that if you don't break the spirit of hell tonight, you'll face it again tomorrow night. And it will be entrenched. It will be harder to break tomorrow night 
and every night you don't get the victory, it gets more hard and, and, and more difficult to break through. That's why you cannot afford the luxury of one dead dry service. You have got to make every service count. Praise God. Praise God. I remember some Sundays ago, and, uh, and uh, some of the folks here at home may remember it, but I got up on a Sunday morning, and the service was just a little dry. And uh, they handed it off to me, and I suppose it was about as good as some Sunday mornings. And I came up, and I took my hand, and I slapped that pulpit. And I screamed like a Comanche Indian. And I said, this is not acceptable. Praise God. Now I'm telling you that every time we come to church and it drags. And only a third of the congregation are worshiping. That is not acceptable. Now if you drove a long distance and you've got your dust clothes on tonight and you're sitting on these padded pews, I assumed you wanted me to preach to you tonight. So I'm going to preach to you the good word of God. Not only these young people on these front rows ought to be on their feet praising God, but those of you on that back wall ought to be praising God. Because the devils of hell are looking to see just how hungry you really are. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 Praise God. We need one mind and one accord here tonight. Praise God. I don't intend to preach more than an hour tonight, probably a whole lot less, because I realize we've got lots of activities. But there's one thing that I want to let you know. I am not going to let you sit on the Word of God tonight, because there are people that need the Holy Ghost. There are people that need a miracle in this house. There are people that need a word from God. And bless your heart, this is the time and this is the hour for you to get what you need in God. Who knoweth that this service has come for such a time as this? Oh, give the Lord another hand clap. Praise God. Praise God. Look over at your neighbor and say, I'm going to help the preacher preach tonight. Praise God. Because re revival and victory depends upon not just how the preacher preaches, but upon how it is re reacted to and how it is responded to. Praise God. The angel can trouble the water, but if you don't jump in it, you don't get anything, baby. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost can be marching up and down the aisles of this camp meeting. But if you don't jump in the service, you'll go home just as sick as you came. You'll go home just as depressed as you came. You'll go home with the same old sickness and the same old depression and the same old hell you came in. But I made up my mind, if anybody's going to get victory, I'm going to get victory. If anybody's going to get a touch, I'm going to get a touch. If anybody's going to hear the word of God, I'm going to hear the word of God. Hallelujah. Come on, Syrophoenician woman. If you got to get on your hands and knees, you may not get his touch on your forehead, but if you can just touch the hem of his garment, you can get what you need in God. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I'm feeling better. <laughs> I'm feeling better. I, I, I'm feeling like the Holy Ghost is wanting to do something special around here tonight. 
Amen. Forget about your suit of clothes. Forget about your polished shoes. And forget about your girlfriend to be or your boyfriend to be. But right now there's only one thing that's important. And that is we're going to have a move of God. Because he knoweth that God has brought us together for such a time as this. Hallelujah. May be seated in Jesus' name. And again, these are just some, just some little thoughts that I wrote down. Events that are taking place in this hour. The uh, homosexuality question in the military. I read just the other day, they said it was the quote of the century. One of the men that were high up in the ranks was uh, deciding that he was going to quit the military. He said when he got in that homosexuality was forbidden. And he said and while he was in it, then it became acceptable. And he said he's getting out before this administration makes it, makes it mandatory. Let me tell you that our world is in a crazy, topsy-turvy operation now. Not only that, but lesbians in leadership on the Supreme Court, in the Congress, running for offices all over our world against the law to pray in school and bring a Bible into the public school system. Preachers that are quitting, saints that are backsliding, messages that are becoming that are becoming lowered and compromised, and churches that are closing their doors because of lack of involvement and cooperation. Let me tell you, I can't think of a better time for the apostolic church to have a revival. You may think you're waiting for a better time, but I can tell you there's not a better time than right now. With the world in the shape that it's in and with the spiritual upheaval as it is, this is the hour for the real church to stand up and accept the challenge that we're going to have of one God, Jesus' name, apostolic Holy Ghost revival. Well, glory to God. Somebody shout praise the Lord. You may be seated. Oh, God. Uh, we just prayed through a fellow not too long ago. And he was telling me, and, and I was telling some of these preachers here just the other day, that, uh, that he was involved in drugs and even sold and pushed some. And he said, there are some that are out there that are in that stream that have told him, said, now you go to that church, Praise God. Now let me just back up just a little bit. <laughs> I've got to say something about that. I probably said it before, but I'm going to say it again because I just enjoy saying it. Because just a few days ago, uh, when we did some remodeling, I was going to change the name of our church. And on the sign, I was... Because everybody in Scioto County knows Truth Tabernacle as that church. You're going to say, where do you go to church? Well, I go to Truth Tabernacle. Where's that at? It's up there next to Lowe's. Oh, that church. Hallelujah. Praise God. And they said, God, oh, you look apostolic. Where do you go to church? I go in Wheeler's, but oh, you go to that church. Praise God. I'm not ashamed of that because the Bible said this is that that was spoken up by the prophet Joel that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You better believe it, honey. I go to that church. Well, glory to God. 
So some of these men that were running around with this guy, he was telling me about it. You may be seated. He said, if you go to that church and you get delivered, he said, we're going to come and follow you because we are tired of the drug addictions that we are in. Can I tell you that the world is sick and tired of being lied to? They're sick and tired of the terrible lifestyles that they've got themselves locked up into. We have the message and we have the doctrine and we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not about there. We are there. There's only one God and Jesus is his name. There's only one way to be baptized and that's in Jesus' name for the remission of sin. There's only one way to be saved. That's to get the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you when the Holy Ghost comes in, it cuts the cords of iniquity. It cleans the scars off the soul. And it puts a joy in the heart, a spring in the step, a twinkle in the eye, a hope in the heart. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than Holy Ghost. There's nothing better than Jesus' name church. There's nothing better than having a revival and just seeing what God wants to do. Oh, give the Lord another hand clap. He's worthy to be praised. May be seated. There was a young man that visited our church some time ago on a revival on a Sunday night. And he was a little taller than me, somewhere around 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and uh, a big bruiser of a fella. Praise God. And... After church, after people had prayed through in the altar, I went back and I could see that people were gathered around him and he was under conviction. And so I had to stand on a pew. And I stood on the pew and I told him I was going to pray for him. And I asked him if he thought that was alright. He said, sure preacher. And I laid hands on him began to pray. And all of a sudden, his eyes got big. And he began to shake. And I told him to just lift your hands at the presence of God that you're feeling. And finally he just wrapped his big old arms around me. And when he put him down, he said, uh, he said, my, my, what a feeling. He told the one that brought him, he said, I've been on drugs and I took all kinds of drugs. But he said, I have never felt anything as powerful as what I just felt when your preacher laid his hands on me. doesn't want this message. Don't tell me that the world doesn't want this Holy Ghost experience. I give you the message tonight that God has brought us to this generation with the message and with the power for such a time as this. Well, glory to God. If you're waiting for a time to get on fire for God, right now's the time. If you're waiting on a time to get your convictions correct, right now's the time. If you're waiting on a time to get behind your preacher, right now's the time. If you're waiting on a time to teach a Bible study and win a soul, right now's the time. Somebody shout right now. Right now. The devil's trying to kill the church. But the church of the living God cannot be killed by the devil and all of his imps and demons and witchcraft because God has given us power. Because the Bible said ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Praise God. You may be seated in Jesus' name. It's evident that we need a revival when it's easier to stay at home than it is to go to church. When it's easier to work than to worship. 
when it's easier to be critical than it is to be kind, when it's easier to read magazines than to read the Bible. We need revival when it's easier to shirk God-given opportunity than to just do it. We need revival when it's easier to support the club than the church. We need revival when it's easier to sleep in church than it is to stay awake. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Praise God. He said, my, you got that PA up pretty loud. Hey, I don't want grandma and grandpa to go to sleep on me tonight. Praise God. You see somebody going to sleep, tell sound man to turn it up a little bit more. My God, they get loud at rock concerts and we're around here tonight. We need revival when it's easier to grumble than it is to praise. We need revival when it's easier to condemn soul than it is to pray for their salvation. We need revival when it's easier to hold grudges than it is to forgive. We need a revival when we feel like it's easier to be worldly than to be holy. You understand now that it is time for an apostolic revival. You can look around you and say, my, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. That ought to put a fire in your soul to make up your mind. I don't care what the world does. I don't care what the backslider does. I don't care what the reprobate does. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And I don't want to just serve God. I want to do something for God. I don't just want to talk in tongues. I want to help somebody find God. I don't want to just sit on the pew. I want to help my preacher build a church. I said I want to help my preacher build a church. Well, praise God. Everybody say praise the Lord. You see, in this end time, we can turn around and we can look at all the physical evidences of all the demonic activity. And we can think, my, my, look at this. Look at these. These goths that are walking up and down the malls. And they're all dressed in black and they've got all their, their lips painted in black and their toenails and their fingernails. And uh, they got black on and they look like somebody that crawled out from under a rock. And we look at them and you say, my, my. My, my, those are weird people. And, uh, and you travel in airports like I have and my wife and family have in the last few years. And they got their hair dyed in all these different colors. He said, Preacher, are you just trying to make fun of our world? No. Because if you didn't have God, you'd be doing the same thing. Don't tell me you wouldn't be doing all those weird things. You'd be doing all the weird things because you'd have a, a gaping hole in your heart and wanting to know what is it that makes me happy. But I'm glad to tell you tonight that Jesus will make you happy and the Holy Ghost will give you direction and there's nothing that gives more peace than a good renewing in the Holy Ghost. Oh yes. Oh yes. Can I get a witness on that? Praise God. So if you come to camp meeting and you said, my, my, I've come to church, but I've just been struggling. I've just been struggling. I am so sick of people saying that word. I, the elder talked about it today. You said, you just don't identify. No, I don't identify with your struggling. What you need is a good praying through. The reason why sin looks good to you is because you have not died out at the altar. I know you don't want to hear that. But if you've been struggling, you know what you need? You need a good 
you need. You need to talk in tongues until you get totally incoherent. Until you get drunk and they have to tote you out. I know you may be seated. Some of you sitting around and say, well, that's really far-fetched. I've seen that a bunch when I was growing up. But we're too sophisticated now. You know, we drive too well. We wear good, we wear good clothes. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're too GQ and so, so popular and so beautiful. And we've got, we've spent so much time on ourselves. But in the old time, they would pray until midnight, one and two o'clock. And they would tote them home drunk on the Holy Ghost. I know it sounds far-fetched, but wouldn't it be real cool if some of you had to be toted out of here, talking in tongues, out of your mind and in the mind of the Spirit, and God do something to you that would change you for the rest of your life. God's looking for somebody for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Now, I know I'm not preaching to the cool folks. I'm not preaching to all the beauty queens. I'm not preaching for all of those, all those folks that are stuck on themselves, that thinks that the church and the preacher and everything in the world all revolves around them. But I'm looking for some Pauls. I'm looking for some Apostle Peters. I'm looking for some young people that really don't give a rip about what the world and what everybody else thinks. The only thing that matters to them is they want the hand of God on them. They want the touch of the Holy Ghost in their soul. They want to do something for God. That's who I'm preaching to tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I've got to give you just a brief synopsis of the text that I read to you a moment ago. All of us know the story of Esther. How that after the king Ahasuerus had put away the queen of that time because of her rebellion and, and, and on and on and on. The story is. But they began to look around and, they, and uh, they wanted to find out a bride that would be for the king. And the Bible declared that Mordecai, which was Esther's uncle, that became the overseer of this dear young lady, beautiful young lady. And the Bible said that she didn't require all of the things that the, that the other girls required. Because there's something about a godly beauty that cannot be enhanced by cheap, colorful material. The moment you put paint on gold, you disqualify it. Y'all ain't hearing me. I know I just heard, oh, he's going to hit on holiness again tonight. Why not? Anybody can paint up and look like Tammy Faye Baker, but, they, but somebody's got the Holy Ghost that can look like a Holy Ghost filled saint. Well, glory to God. Maybe seated. Can I just tell you, you girls don't need to paint up your face in order to get the, the looks of the world. The world already sees that. If they wanted a cheap imitation, they can find them on every street corner because they can buy them with just a few dollars for an hour at night. But when they get ready to settle down, they say, where are them Pentecostal girls at? Where are them church girls at? Because there's something beautiful about somebody that lives for God that gets the attention of the honest heart. Can I go a step further? Thank God for the preacher that preaches to the church of the living God saying there's some things in the world that the church don't need. We don't need your methodology and we don't need
need your sidetracked and low down doctrines that come from hell. Just give us the pure, unadulterated preaching of the word of God. We don't have to have movies. We don't have to rent dance halls. We don't have to play rock music. We don't have punk hairdos. I'm losing some of you. You're still on your feet, but you want to sit down right now. <laughs> but I hope if you want to sit down on a good Holy Ghost message, I hope you sit down on a hot seat and the Holy Ghost said, get back up here and help that preacher preach. We don't need the philosophies of this world. We don't build our churches like the world builds their churches. Maybe seated. Can I just make this statement here real quick? Praise God. Every one of you preachers and pastors that pastor in your city, you've got the largest church in your city. If you only have two. Because the Baptist guy down there running 1,500, if they ain't got the Holy Ghost baptism in Jesus' name, they ain't in the church. That's not a church. If holiness ain't being preached there, it ain't a church. Don't come tell me how to build a church if you can't preach repentance. Don't tell me how to have revival if you can't get the sin out of the heart of people. Oh, young people, you need to thank God for a preacher that'll get right in your face and say, this is how we do it in this church. Because that's what's going to save you. That's what's going to make you a vessel for God, fit for the Holy Ghost to use you in these late times. Praise God. I'm about to break my promise. Shake hands with somebody and say, we're going to help him. Oh, Jesus. Praise God. But you've got to understand that all this compromise and all this immorality, and we heard about some again today, and thank God. And if we hear it every time the men of God get up to preach and testify, we still won't hear it enough. Because some folks never heard it yet. You want me to prove it to you? I don't know how many camps that we preached that here and how much I've heard it preached, but I still, still, still saw slitted skirts walk in here today. So we're just going to keep on preaching anyhow. I didn't come to hear that. Well, you got it for free. Well, glory to God. They said they're a new convert. They need to hear it too. They need to hear it too. Praise God. We don't want to have some Pentecostal peep show. Now you see it, now you don't. This is no time for this sexual immorality to try to slip its ugly head in the church. This is a time for men of God and the church of living God to stand up and say, God, if you can use anybody, I want you to use me. I want to be used. I don't want to be like Hollywood. I don't want to be like them pimp punk rock stars. I want to be like a Holy Ghost filled saint. I want to be like an apostle. I want to be a Holy Ghost usable vessel in these last times. I want my hands to be his hands. I want my feet to be his feet. I want my lips and my tongue to speak his word. I want my life to be a mirror to reflect.
reflect his glorious image. You feel that way about it? May be seated. Praise God. But what you've got to understand, and I said it a little last night, Elder Lawhorn said it again today, and in some of the testimonies we heard it. What you've got to understand, that these things that we are preaching about, immorality, dress codes and standards and jewelry and makeup, it's more than just the outward adorning of the flesh. It is a spiritual battle. There's a spirit behind a woman that paints her face. Ask Jezebel. There's a spirit behind an effeminate man. There's a spirit behind a harlot. There's a spirit behind a compromiser. Amen. The Bible declares in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. You better believe that when it gets tight when I'm preaching, that it's more than just people don't like what Brother Davis has to say. There's a spirit trying to shut my mouth. And bless your heart, I've got more grip than I do fat. And I'm going to tell you I'm not going to shut up until I tell you the full counsel of the Holy Ghost. There are men on this platform and scattered across this auditorium that God has put a burden and put grit in their heart. They're not going to back up, let up, or shut up, but they're going to preach the full counsel of God because if we don't say it, who will? If we don't live it, who will? If we don't have revival, then pray tell me who will. May be seated. That's why it's, when it's a spiritual thing, you cannot combat it with, with intellectualism. Some folks said, well, you know, what you need to do is sit down and have a saints meeting. Praise God. You need to just get up there and, and just go one to one. And I, and, and please excuse me. I'm not trying to, to cross any Thor swords or, or split any hairs, but I've got the mic tonight. And whatever your preacher preaches, you stand behind him. But I tell our folks at home, I said you should get 99% of your counseling over the pulpit. But you know what some people want to do? They want to get you back in the office. And they want you to talk to them from your head to their head. I'm sorry, I'm not smart enough to give you direction because you've got a spiritual problem and I can't solve it with intellectualism. What you need is the good unadulterated word of God anointed from the man of God to hit you right between the eyes and break that spirit out of your soul. Hallelujah. Don't think you can go back to that office and negotiate with your preacher. That's absolute foolishness. You need to pray through. You need the Holy Ghost to deliver you from some of that stuff. I know I don't have time to get more plain than that. You may be seated. There are times that you've got to sit down in the office and you've got to explain things, financial things and other things. I understand that. That's what offices are for. And that's what we do. But I'm telling you, the majority of counseling is the reason why people have to have an hour of the preacher's time is because they ain't listening to the preacher. They're the ones that get up 12 times and go to the bathroom. 
and get a big drink of water so they can go again. I'm going to do you a favor. That's the way you feel when you get your big drink of water. Just go home. Some of us want to have church. Some of us want to be counted. Some of us want to be a usable vessel for the kingdom of God for such a time as this. Oh, God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seeing, I'm almost feeling some of you pulling back on me right now. But I'm not afraid. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. I believe the biggest bunch of us are here tonight. We have not come for any other reason. We have not come for a sip of tea or a chicken wing. We not come for watermelon or apples or anything else. We want to be preached to and we want to get victory. We want to meet the demands and the challenges of this generation because God's looking for somebody he can use for such a time as this. Lift your hands and let's worship the Lord together. Well, praise God. Praise God. You may be seated for the we though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Somebody shout strongholds. If there weren't strongholds to be pulled down, then the scripture would not describe them as strongholds. But there are strongholds in your city and mine. There are strongholds in Hopkins County. And the devil hates us having camp here. But we're going to have camp anyhow. It's a spirit of false doctrine we're fighting against in Hopkins County. It's a spirit of false doctrine we're fighting against right now. Casting down imaginations. Everybody say casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Brother, when you come to the house of God, you've got to make up your mind. I will not let the devil distract me. I will not let hell disturb me. But when I come to church, I leave my problems outside. I leave my inhibitions outside. I leave my doubt and confusion outside. But when I come to the house of God, I come expecting to get the Holy Ghost. I come expecting to get my miracle. I come expecting to get a touch from God. I come expecting to hear a word of the Holy Ghost to help me on my way. May be seated. Cast down imaginations. Praise God. So the preacher preached to you like old Mordecai did to old Esther. And the time came when he saw the king saw that she was the most beautiful and took her to be the queen. Now the time comes that there's an old Haman. And old Haman is an old spirit. An Agagite. Praise God. Not really, folks. I don't mean to get on all this. It just keeps coming to me. Y'all getting all kind of stuff in the free bag tonight. Praise God. You remember Agag? Agag was the king that Saul wouldn't kill. Then he come walking up to the prophet delicately. That effeminate spirit. And I'm telling you that that effeminate, that effeminate devilish spirit hates the man of God. Hates the people of God. 
they want to destroy the kingdom of God. Praise God. And so he got him a little position. And brother, I'm not saying, you know, it just seemed like that all these, 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 these kind of folks always seem to get position. And he gets in there and, and there's one thing that just bothers him. Because when he walks by Mordecai, Mordecai refuses to bow to him. <laughs> and Haman just can't stand it. He said, he said, if all the kingdom, he even made the statement to his family, he said, if all it was given to me, he said, there's only one thing I can think of. And that's so Haman won't bow down to me. You better believe it, you little limp-wristed, little effeminate, little fag. The preacher ain't going to bow down to you. credentials you have. I don't care how much preaching you say you do. Mordecai ain't gonna bow to you, Bubba. So he decides he's gonna set a plan in motion he's gonna destroy. He's gonna destroy. He's gonna destroy Mordecai and all the likes of him because he said, boy, those people have all them strange laws and all them strange rules. And the king, you know, he's so disconnected that he just said, here, you do whatever you got to do. And the time comes and I'm rushing through the story and it finally gets posted on all the telephone poles and the walls and the post offices all around Shushan, the 127 provinces of that particular kingdom of that time. And the Jews were perplexed because on a certain day then the king and all of his henchmen and all of those that came from Haman could destroy the Jews and they could steal and plunder their goods and rob them and spoil them and kill them and whatever they wanted to do. And Mordecai decides it's time now to talk to little Esther. It's time now to talk to Esther. It's time to wake up the bride. I know you may not like the way I'm preaching from little hillbilly style, but this preacher from Ohio has come to wake up the bride tonight. God's been good to you and he's put you in a high lofty position, but he didn't put you there to polish your fingernails. He didn't put you there to sing your nice songs and to dress in your finery of life. He put us here in this position for such a time as this. Hallelujah. He comes walking up to her. Her finally she calls him and he's in sackcloth and ashes. He's lost his demeanor. Praise God, he's done hung up his heart shaft in a suit. He's already took off his nice shoes. Now he's in sackcloth and he's got ashes on him. And he's in mourning and he shouldn't be doing that in the presence of the king's finery. But she said, what's wrong with you, uncle? And he said, hey, don't you understand what's going on? And you ain't no better than anybody else. Because when the devil tries to destroy the work of God, he doesn't go by and bypass those that's got lots of money. You hear me now. You hear me now. Those of you that own businesses. Those of you that got a little bit of mud in your pocket. Those of you that feel like you're so high and mighty and talented. When the devil comes against the church, he ain't going to walk by you and leave you alone. You said, I'm third generation. He's after you first. He wants to shut up every apostolic church and shut every mouth of every apostolic preacher. She said, I can't go in there and do that. He said, if you don't do it, he said, the enlargement and deliverance will come from someplace else. 
Because God's going to have a people. <laughs> God's going to have a people. He's going to find somebody that don't give a rip about what people think about them. Hallelujah. Oh, can I talk to some of you young people here tonight? Hey, I don't care what kind of fancy shoes you've got on. And I don't care what your daddy owns and how much of the bank he says he's got stock in. God's looking for somebody that says, I don't care what anybody thinks. I want the hand of God on me more than I want a checkbook that's full. I want the touch of God on me more than I want a boyfriend and more than I want a title or position. Count me in, Jesus. I'll get the prayer life. I'll do the fasting. I'll stand behind my preacher. I'll be a soul winner. Count me in. Hallelujah. Somebody shout praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. She told her uncle, she said, if I'm not bid in, I can be killed. He said... He said, well, all right, you do what you got to do. She said, you get the fasting, I'll get the fasting. Because there comes a time when you got to get the fasting and praying. Somebody told me one time, said, I'm tired of fasting and praying. We got too many feasting and believing now. We're so rich and increased with goods. Praise God, our temple of the Holy Ghost has become mega churches. Am I preaching too long? Praise God. It's been so long from some. You've been on a three-day or seven-day fast. You can't even remember. You've got every excuse in the book why you don't fast, why you don't pray the whole night through until the sun chins itself up on the eastern horizon. I'm sorry. I'm not preaching to you. But I'm preaching to somebody that wants to make a difference. Somebody that wants the anointing of God on them. Some church that wants to have a revival and impact their city. I'm not talking about handing out 5,000 brochures and trying to get some big singing group in to get a crowd. I'm talking about a heaven-sent apostolic Holy Ghost revival that starts on your knees, starts with praying and fasting and talking to God. Fasting and praying will get you there quicker than anything I know. Matter of fact, it's the only thing that will get you there. You may be seated. She stood up there before the court of the king after fasting three days. And he held the scepter. And she had to touch the scepter. Oh God, I don't have time to go into all these points. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 that the scepter of his kingdom is righteousness. And if you're going to get deliverance and be used of God, you've got to learn how to get in His presence and touch His righteousness. Don't you come waltzing in here with your talent and your ability. God don't give a rip about all of that. But whenever you get yourself lined up with God, God said, can you touch my scepter? Can you live a holy and a separated life? And you said, yes, Lord. He said, touch it and identify with my holiness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Everybody say, praise the Lord. I am hurrying, I am hurrying, I am hurrying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He said, what do you want? Now she could have stood there and she already had the king's ear. But I'm going to tell you what, this was one bright young lady. She said, well, really what I'd like to do, uh, 
I'd, I, I'm preparing a banquet tomorrow. And I'd like for you and Mr. Heyman to come to my banquet. Just you two. Ah, that king wasn't no fool. He probably rolled his eyes and said, uh-huh, she's setting me up. You men that are married to a wise woman know. Some of you that have raised girls, whenever they come up and they put their arm around Daddy, you're such a good daddy and I love you so much. You know they're setting you up. Huh? Amen, men? Praise God. Come on, men. Give me a good amen. Ask your wife if it's all right. Come on. Give me an amen here. So, cutting a lot of the story out. So he gets there and they get around there and he's eating the sandwiches and, 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 and the banquet. And I mean, it's everything. They've got everything you need. And he says, all right. All right, baby. Tell me what you want. She said, uh, if it would please you, my, my Lord. She said, uh, I got another banquet prepared. And uh, I've had such a great time with you today. I, I just want you to come back and, and, and eat, eat with me again. And, uh, and she's batting those eyes and she's smiling. And, and she's got his heart wrapped around her finger. And she said, oh, and, and, and bring Mr. Heyman too. All right, we'll be back here same time, same station. She comes back. And you know, when she, you know, can you imagine whenever she's handing all this stuff to him, she's lavishing the praise on him and letting him know how much she, she appreciates him. And, and is that fine, sir? It's kind of like just uh, a few months ago when my wife and my daughter and I and, uh, and Elder Howard went to uh, the Philippines and we'd be around the dinner table and they just couldn't do enough. Excuse me, sir. Would you like... Excuse me, sir. Ah, you could turn around and you'd barely get rid of the pineapple and here they come back with another plate. Excuse me, sir. Would you like some more? And you'd finish your coffee. Excuse me, sir. And I mean, I just say... And I just... And I found out there that, that saying no isn't enough. You have to use, you have to use body language and you, you go like this. You go, no. No. Can't eat no more. Praise God. So she said, excuse me, sir, would you like, how about this? And, and she's, she's just lavishing all on him. And, and, and so he comes back the third day. And now by this time, things are getting real tight. Because, uh, because in the night he hasn't slept. God wakes him up. Shows him what a great man Mordecai is. And, uh, and, and Haman's out there declaring in the streets about all the great God that Mordecai is. And then they finally come back. And the gallows are built. And uh, Haman is getting ready to hang Mordecai. He's going to shut that preacher's mouth up once and for all. But what he doesn't understand is that there's a bride that's working behind the scene. Woo! Hallelujah! Praise God! So she comes walking in. They come walking in, and she said, "He said, all right. Tell me what is it. Cut the chase. Tell me what you want." She said, "She said, let my life be given for the life of my people. If we were sold into bondage, I wouldn't even spoken a word." But she said, "There's a man that's plotted against my entire family, and I couldn't stand to live with my entire inheritance killed and mercilessly murdered and slaughtered." And he looked. At, he said, "Who is the man that wants to do that?" And she said, "That wicked Haman, sir." He got up and he was so mad the end of the story was uh, he hung Haman on his own gallows. The same gallows that he was going to try to kill the church and kill the preacher. The king said, you hang him on his own gallows. 
Hallelujah. Let me get to my point here just a little while and try to tie all this up here. So some of you came to camp in 2010 and the devil has racked you and, and he has mocked you and he has, he, has, he has messed your mind up and he's tried to make you discouraged and he's tried to take away your desire. Praise God. But I came to God in prayer and I said, Dear God, I've not really come to ask you for a whole lot, but we go into Madisonville and on Tuesday night, would you come to our banquet and would you just let me serve you just a little while I'd just like to let you know how grand and how wonderful that I think you really are and all the time Haman is saying I'm going to shut it down I'm going to put it I'm going to nix it I'm going to tear it apart hallelujah and so the Holy Ghost moved in here last night and this afternoon and the Spirit of God began to speak to us he said what is it that you want I said God we're going to have another banquet tonight and when we get there on Wednesday night we just want to let you know how much we love you the Spirit of God is saying who is it what is it that's working against you I tell you what it is I come against the spirit of depression I come against the spirit of lust I come against the spirit of unbelief I come against the spirit of worldliness Does everybody stand Woo! hallelujah Now I preach to you about the lateness of the hour and about our generation. But can I end up this little message tonight? This little simple little message tonight. On the second banquet night, the enemy's shaking in his shoes because the Holy Ghost is moving because the bride is building a relationship with the groom. And the Holy Ghost is saying to this group of people here tonight, What is it that you want? Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it. Hallelujah. He said, Well, What's Haman got to do with it? Okay, let me explain it to you. Praise God. Y'all take care of them chairs, okay? Y'all take care of them chairs. Because while I'm in here and the presence of God is here, and the Lord is here, and I'm letting Him know how much I love Him. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I'm not trying to be embarrassing here. Praise God. Could you be a good, could you be a Haman? Haman's not a good Haman. Come here, Brother Avery. You're a Hasserus. Okay. And I'm going to try to be Esther. <laughs> okay. Praise God. And so, here's Haman. Now, I don't know if some of you, and of course in our church, we don't single date because it's too dangerous. Okay? The chaperones. But isn't it a terrible thing that whenever you have to be a chaperone and there's a boy and a girl that's madly in love with one another sitting on their side of the car and the third person sitting in the back seat like he's an alien on another planet? Esther was saying, I want Haman to know how much I love my king. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! 
love your Jesus. Just how much you love this gospel. Just how much you love the kingdom of God. Give the Lord a good hand clap. I want us to worship the Lord here just a minute. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. I feel the Spirit of the Lord changing right now. Let's worship the Lord. Let's wait on the Holy Ghost just a minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, I love you. You hear me now, the enemy of your soul. Demonic oppression has been looking around, trying to see. No, he ain't got his hands up. No, no, they've been sitting back there. They've not been preaching with the preacher. Come on, Esther. Come on, Esther. Come on, Esther. Throw your arms around your king. Let the lover of your soul know how much you... Come on, make the devil miserable. Make him miserable. Have a party. Have a banquet. It's just for you and Jesus. Musicians, if you would please come while we pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It could very well be. I want the young people to come to the front here. I want to talk to just the young people just for a minute. Just the young people. And then if there's any of you older folks that want to be involved in something and want to get a hold of God tonight for God to give you a change, then you can be behind them. But I primarily want to talk to young people here just for a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, Hallelujah. Praise God. Can I just go back a little bit in time and remind you of the time whenever I was 16 years of age that I ran from a call to preach? My father was a pastor, a good godly man, a praying man. And it wasn't that I didn't love God. I was just, I just didn't want to be involved. I'd seen all the skirmishes and all the negative side. And it wasn't that they shoved that in my mouth. I just, I had ears and I was a smart boy. And I remember coming in one night from fellowshipping with the young people. And I worked on bus ministry. I worked hard. I filled buses. I loved the kingdom of God. And he said, son, do you think maybe God's calling you to preach? And I said... Dad, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to put whoever I marry and my children that we sire to go through all of that we've gone through as a family. And this is what I told him. I said, I want to make you a good saint because you've seen so few of them in your ministry. You could see there was a bitterness in me. And I would wake up, my, I'd go to bed and many times... I'd wake up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and I'd hear my dad in the front room wailing. He'd say, God, don't let my boy be bitter. Save him, God. And I'd roll in the bed and I'd think, he's got to go to bed sometime. And I'd fall off to sleep many times and I'd dream I was preaching. And I would be preaching in places 
that since that time I have walked in the auditorium and said, I've been here before. And it was in those dreams before I married. And then he would come and wake me up at 6.15 in the morning. He'd prayed all night long. And I remember the time when there was an evangelist. The evangelist was a, came in a great time in my life. He didn't take the place of my pastor. But he put his arm around me one night at the altar. He called me by my first name. And he said, Son, he said, Don't you know the hand of God is on you? And I said, I can't accept it. And I began to weep. He said, You can't be that way, son. And he prayed and he cried and he prayed. He said, Come on, son, you've got to say yes. And I finally said yes to God. It wasn't but a few days later I found myself under the first pew. I don't even know if there's anybody in the building. And I finally told God I'd do whatever He wanted me to do. I want every head bowed, every eye closed right now. And I told Him, God, if You want me to be a missionary, I will. If you want me to be a preacher, I will. If You want me to be a saint, I will. I'll do whatever You want me to do. And God is dealing with some of these young people right now. And some of you are running from God. But God has handpicked you for such a time as this. You feel the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is in this room right now. My God. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. You pray however you feel like praying. Don't you know that Haman's standing there watching to see what you're going to do? But you hear me, my brother. You hear me, sis. If you don't yield yourself to God, God will find somebody. But you don't be the miserable one. Say yes to Jesus tonight. Some of you in your mind before you came to camp, you said this. I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost what you said. You said, if God doesn't do something and something special won't happen to me, then I may not ever go back to church. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to seek a career. I'm not even going to live for God. I've come to tell you that the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. And the reason he fights you so hard is because God has his hand on you for such a time as this. There is spiritual potential that you could never dream of and the devil's trying to rob you of it tonight. I rebuke that spirit that's on you in the name of Jesus. Come on, Esther. Come on, Esther. Come on, Esther. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. Yield yourself to God. Don't try to chart your own course. Give it to Jesus tonight. For God is calling you at this time in this late hour in the season of the church for such a time as this. He's looking for somebody to use. God's looking for a missionary. God's looking for a preacher. God's looking for a soul winner. Come on, say yes. Please say yes. He's looking for somebody to say yes. Go ahead, touch the scepter. Go ahead and provide the wonderful banquet.
relationship between you and God. On this Wednesday night, July 7, 2010, Madisonville, Kentucky, Holy Ghost and Fire Youth Camp Conference. I say yes to you, Lord. How about some of you older folks, seasoned, seasoned saints? Had the Holy Ghost for a while. What about asking God to help you to rededicate and be a better soul winner and a better saint when you get back home? Come on, let God, let it be you to be the one that stirred the fire. Let you be the one that they hear your voice in pre-service prayer. Let it be your voice that's interceding before God, weeping and wailing. Come on, God, looking for somebody for such a time as this. Will it be you? Will it be you? Come on, Samuel, speak, Lord. Come on, Saul of Tarsus, say yes, Lord. Come on, Isaiah, say, here am I. Send me. For such a time as this. Let us pray together in Jesus' name. Those of you that are pastors, evangelists, you feel like praying with some of these young men and young ladies, I encourage you to do that. Savior 
lift your voice to the Lord. Go ahead and let the tears flow tonight. Go ahead and tell God. Count me in, Lord. I accept the challenge. I accept the challenge in Jesus' name. Surrender. 